Colter Nuanas from ESPN Montana here at the M Store. Proud to present our Nuanas Now podcast each and every day, available on all of your various podcast hosting platforms. One of their awesome partners, a guy that really is uh, helping spread the word about the M Store, is Grizz All American Junior Bergen. What's up, man? Thanks for coming in. Yes, thank you for having me. First of all, you got a cool t shirt. What's it like being on a t shirt? You're a kid from Billings, Montana, so that, yeah. might, that must be kind of surreal knowing there's a t shirt of you at the M Store. Yeah, it's pretty cool. Um, I went to a couple basketball games back home. And uh, I saw some kids running around with I their love shirt it. on. And it was really surreal. It was a cool moment, cool experience for sure. Uh, that's so cool. You guys do such a good job of embracing how much the community loves you. But when people are looking up to you like they do, I mean, they think, I mean, you're the man right now. for <laughs> <laughs> the University of Montana. What's yeah. that like being a Montana kid? Um, it's different for sure. Um, you know, growing up, you kind of look up to guys like who are in the NFL totally. and stuff like that. But, um, you know, it's just great to have a, a positive influence on these kids' lives. Um, you know, I just wanted to make sure... Uh, I set the example and lead by example and give them someone to look up to. Go check out the M Store. They're located there at the corner of Higgins and Broadway here in the city of Missoula. And you can also visit anytime online, MontanaMStore.com. They have all the latest and greatest, a whole bunch of original Grizz gear. And of course, they have Junior Bergen t-shirts. Junior Bergen, proud partner with the M Store, as well as us here at ESPN Montana. Thanks for swinging by, man. Yes, sir. Thank you for having me. The M Store, where they're all Grizz all the time. If you're ever injured in an accident and you're worried about if a lawyer is going to cost you too much money, the advocates, they will provide help for you. No out-of-pocket costs until your case is settled. You pass the stress of your accident off to the advocates. That helps you focus on getting better. To find out how the advocates can help you, you can call them free of charge, 406-640-4444 today, or you can visit MontanaAdvocates.com. And remember, you deserve an advocate. Montana's only daily sports talk show. Nuanez Now. Watch the show statewide on SWX Montana Television. I like football! What up, Montana? Welcome in. Nuana's now ESPN Radio as well as SWX Montana Television. Coulter Nuana's coming in hot today. Just got back from Grizz football practice. A beautiful day down there. Caught up with Bobby Houck, head coach of the Grizz football team. So we'll uh, catch up with him here on Nuana's now tomorrow. Also, our good buddy Sean Rainey will make his return to Nuana's now tomorrow as well. He'll be in studio with us, SWX Montana Sports Director. So, Excited to see Sean. Excited to see everybody down there uh, at Washington Grizzly Stadium. And also caught up with Chad Germer, the offensive line coach for the Grizz. We'll play that here a little bit later on here in this show as well. Ton to get to today, as always. Hope you're having an outstanding week so far. It's going to get a little colder here uh, into the latter part of the week, but then it's supposed to be nice again uh, over the weekend. So hopefully got big plans on the horizon. And uh, thank you so so much for making us a part of your plan. We're going to also talk some... NBA and college hoops. Our good guy, Razim Seabrook, he is um, sort of in between scheduling right now, in between sports seasons. And uh, so he's going to be sort of sporadic in terms of the consistency of the days he comes, but he'll still be joining us approximately once a week. Usually you can catch him on Fridays, but he's going to be here uh, today. He said he's going to come by about 15, 20 minutes. So excited to 
have Rajim come by, talk all the way around the wide world of sports. And uh, we're going to talk some NBA, some NFL, some college basketball. We'll hear from Coach Germer. Also exciting at the top of the hour, Jason Brown and Gustav Thielgaard. They will join us from the Grizz men's tennis team. Grizz undefeated in Big Sky Conference play so far this year, 11-1 overall. So they're a top 60 team right now, which is impressive. Uh, they rank like the top 75 teams in men's and women's tennis. So it's a little bit different than the traditional top 25 polls that maybe you're you're used to in men's and women's college basketball and college football and all that stuff. So, uh, but still worth noting and also fun uh, to have actually both men's tennis teams here at the collegiate level uh, in the state of Montana ranked uh, among the nation's best. So it's always uphill sledding for those, uh, you know, non-revenue sports in these cold weather markets, but very much excited to have Coach Brown and, and uh, also the recently anointed Big Sky Conference Men's Tennis Player of the Week in Gustav Thilgard uh, here in studio. That'll happen about 5 o'clock, and then we'll give you some more thoughts on Coach K and the Final Four and the dichotomy between the NBA and college basketball and all that stuff. Nuanas Now is broadcasting to you live from the Northwest Motorsports Studio. We have just a couple days here left of March. But you can keep marching into savings with Northwest Motorsports Markdown Madness. They're providing special APRs all month long. Just a couple days left to get those special APRs. You can get a truckload of savings on the greatest selection of off-road trucks, lifted trucks, diesel trucks, and SUVs at Northwest Motorsport. You can visit nwmsrocks.com to check out their huge inventory or you can visit them here in Missoula at the corner of Stevens and Mount. Rajiv Seabrook, as I said, was on his way. Yeah, he'll be here in just a little while. If you want to stream the show or listen to it on your various mobile platforms, whether it's your cell phone or your tablet or your laptop computer, you can always do that by heading on over to 1029ESPN.com. Click on the Listen Live tab, and you'll find the stream. And if you want to be a part of the show, remember this number, because we also have a Wing It Wednesday. Wing It Wednesday presented by the Desperado Sports Tavern and Grill. So about 45 minutes, and about 40 minutes from now, we'll be giving you an opportunity to win a basket of wings from the Despo, the best wings in the city of Missoula. So remember this number, 406-888-1029. Not right now, but a little later on. Either call it or text it, and that'll get you entered to win 12 wings from the Desperado Sports Tavern and Grill. We do that each and every Wednesday around here. You can also check out the uh, YouTube channel if you want to watch or listen in that form or fashion. It's always a good way to do it as well, and I appreciate everybody that's helped us sort of build up that subscriber base as well. That's uh, part of, I I don't even want to say the wave of the future. I think it's the wave of the present. So uh, thanks for that. And uh, if you haven't, head on over. Subscribe to the YouTube channel, too. It'll give you fun alerts on just when the show's coming up. Remind you to get your daily dose uh, of Nuanas Now. It is ESPN Radio, SWX Montana Television. A couple notes for the rest of the week. First of all, happy to have my guy Jeff Safford in the back. He, You probably most famously know him as the voice of the Missoula Paddleheads. He's also been doing a lot of great work for us 
with Grizz Hockey as well as Grizz Lacrosse. He's producing the show today, though, because Andrew Houghton, our daily producer, he is down at the University of Montana. He's going to take in the full spring football practice. They're also having their media procedures right now where the coaches go before practice. That's why I was coming in a little hot because I talked to Bobby Houck and Chad Germer today uh, before practice. And then post-practice is when the players do interviews. And today is a day that we get to catch up with the quarterback. So Andrew will have some insight on all things Grizz spring football, but also uh, some sound and and, uh, some reactions from a couple of the returning quarterbacks uh, for the University of Montana. I think they're going to have Lucas Johnson and and Chris Brown do some interviews. Lucas Johnson, the transfer in from SDSU San Diego State, and uh, Chris Brown, the now sophomore Bozeman product who, who was a starter for about a month of the season last year for the Grizz. One other programming note, we will be in Bozeman on Friday. More than anything, I need to, well, first of all, we're kind of ramping up our spring football coverage. The Grizz have their spring scrimmage in a couple weeks, a couple Saturdays from now. Not this Saturday, but next Saturday. And the Bobcats, they have their spring scrimmage on April 26th. So I'm going to go get some impressions of that, go watch it. Uh, Also, honored, great pleasure of mine to be invited to talk to the Montana State team just about some media procedures and advice on dealing with the media, coming on the radio, going on TV, all that stuff. And they have a little Q&A for me. So that'd be fun. But more than anything, I just need to get my freaking car. It blew up on the way back from Bozeman or from Boise, excuse me, uh, after the Big Sky Tournament. And then I had a whirlwind week. I was on a plane going to San Diego just a couple days later. The car is in Butte. I haven't had a chance to deal with it. So I'm decided to make a trip out of it. So uh, we'll head on over there, and we'll be coming to you live from the Montana State Tennis Center uh, next Friday, this upcoming Friday. So that'll be fun as well. They're playing... Northern Arizona in what is actually a pivotal uh, Big Sky Conference matchup. I see Rajim Seabrook here, so he'll be in the studio just a minute. I think he's just finishing up a phone call here. But one piece of news worth analyzing, which will probably spur on a little bit of a conversation, is that the fifth player from the University of Montana men's basketball team into the transfer portal and arguably the most impactful one thus far. Robbie Beasley, a standout sophomore for the Grizz, who averaged about 12 points per game last year. He into the portal. So he averaged, uh, he was like 11.8 points per game, but he was a starter from stem to stern this last year. And uh, I, I don't know. I, I, uh, I ran on a rant on this last week, but I think it's worth stating as well. Uh, again, I think there's this spin that the transfer portal is evil and the transfer portal is ruining everything. And I think that there's some, there's a a, a shred of truth to that sentiment, but I think there's so much more nuance and so many more details that go into the conversation. So while you might be thinking, well, why do the Grizz want to lose a guy who averaged 12 points per game as a sophomore, a guy who was a three-star recruit out of high school, a guy who had an offer from Nevada and chose Montana over it, a, a mountain West caliber talent coming out of high school. Well, Two things. One, more good players, if they don't fit together, don't make a good, a great team. And it, it's not a, it's not a matter of who, but it's a matter of their position. If you have Robbie Beasley and Brandon Whitney, those guys don't really complement each other. So I'm not saying you have to pick one or the other, 
But I think that one of the biggest flaws of the Grizz men's basketball team this last year was they had a whole bunch of one kind of player. They had a whole bunch of like combo guards, and they had a whole bunch of athletic but not burly power forwards. They had no centers. They had no real wings. Lionel Martin was like the only true wing on the team. And then they had a bunch of combo guards who are not really points, but they're not really two guards. They're all kind of undersized. They can guard a little bit, create their shot a little bit, but they don't really create for other people. Cam Parker kind of did that, but he was so unorthodox, but then he also became sort of a scorer down the stretch. It's just a, it's an interesting situation. And so I know that there's a lot of narrative out there about how losing a guy like Robbie Beasley is a big loss for the Grizz, but I don't necessarily buy it. I think that the other part of the transfer portal dynamic is that so often people think that the only thing that's happening is student athletes choosing to leave their programs or deciding they want to go chase something that's the grass is greener on the other side. There's so many more elements to it. So often, guys are entering the portal because the coaches are telling them to. Guys are entering the portal because they know they're going to get out recruited. And that's the the whole other dynamic of this. The coaches can sit here and bemoan the state of society and talk about this whole thing. You know, Robbie Beasley is going to go transfer somewhere else, and we developed him for two years, and this is hard on our program. On the flip side, though, the coaches now have the opportunity to go replace Robbie Beasley with someone as good or better than him. Now, how does that guy fit in the program? I don't know. How does that talent work? I don't know. But you saw Weber State do this last between last year and this year. They brought in a ton of talent. They, they had a hard time making it mesh when they hit the skids down the stretch of the regular season uh, in the Big Sky. They had a hard time reeling it in. But then they drilled the Grizz in the tournament, and they gave the Cats, the eventual tournament champion, everything, everything they could handle. And they had a couple of the best players in the league, including – Kobe McEwen, who was a transfer from Marquette by way of Utah State, a guy who was an all-league player in both the Mountain West and the Big East. So the coaches can sit there and say, man, this is just ruining the sport. But on the other hand, the coaches are perpetuating and accentuating it. And more than anything, rather than saying one's good, one's not good, whatever, it just is what it is. On First of all, it's kids taking opportunities. If you give kids opportunities, oftentimes they're going to take opportunities. And there's also the dynamic where there's definitely closed-door meetings. I'm not saying this is specifically happening at the University of Montana, but there is certainly closed-door meetings among teams where coaches are telling guys, hey, you should explore your opportunities because we're going to out-recruit you, and there's a chance we're going to bring in a transfer who's better than you, so you should go see what you got. New is now ESPN Radio, SWX Montana Television. My main guy, Rajim Seabrook, in studio What's up, man? I'm here, baby. It's Wednesday. It's Monday of the midweek, a little hump day, and I'm here. How's your How's your day? You, know, I, I'm here. I can't brag, won't complain. Uh, boy started starts lacrosse this week, and it's got some open gym basketball tonight, and played indoor football. So I'm happy to gonna go see him right after the show and my little girl. And uh, life's good, man. Life's good. I need to get a new run. Where do I get? Where Where's pickup hoops happening in Missoula? Buddy, we should talk off air. Yeah, let's I, do that. Let's I, have, do that. I, have, I have some ideas. Actually, I want to build something with you, and I have some other people. Uh, we need to bring basketball back to this city. We need to For bring sure, man. Like, there needs to be some runs, school, man. blacktop, like barbecue in the park. Like, let's get hoops. And For sure. Lack of privatized people paying money to go inside gyms. Come and cut your teeth, skin, and knee, and play some old school hoops <laughs> outside. But let's you, go. We'll talk, we'll talk about that here it, in a second. There is such a great dynamic to that, though, right? I mean, I think that we debate, like, all the different um, benefits of sport. 
all the time. And I yes. think one of the things that's kind of been lost in hoops is, in its essence, I, I guess what I'm saying is I think one of the things that has been sort of the demise of hoops among just the public has been how super organized it is, like you're talking about. Totally. I think that... But, like, in its essence, it should just be show up to the park with your ball, and then all of a sudden you got a whole bunch of new friends. And that's that's what I'm not seeing. And you know I coach, and I'm in and around town. I remember as a youngster going to the park. That's right. Me and the boys. For sure. Sometimes you bought a lunch, you would go, and you wouldn't leave the park until the sun went down. For sure. And you would you would just ball out and have a good time. And, and now everything's private and I got to travel and I got to go to Utah to see against competition against guys I'll never play. And it just comes to a point where, like, we're all paying taxes for these beautiful municipalities that are pretty empty across our city. And, uh, yeah, we'll talk off the air. But meanwhile, back at the Hall of Justice, yeah, man, we need some blacktop series here. Bottom line, we need we need some hoops. Um, my son's going to an open gym tonight because I want him to just play basketball where it isn't organized, it isn't officiated, it isn't so uh, starchy. Like, go out and learn how to play ball and not get bailed out by refs or coaches. It's so true, man. Well, and that's the, that's the other thing that makes basketball such a unique sport is sort of the art of the beautiful game. When it doesn't have structure, you can still find yourself in a run with a bunch of guys you never played with, and you can play beautiful basketball. Absolutely. Or lack thereof, too. You can also, you can also have the ball hawk ball stopper, which is going to drive everybody crazy. Oh, no, those are my favorite. The KDs <laughs> of the world, the Carmelo right. Anthonys, the right. black hole, right. the ball go right. in, never come back out. I remember. So, And it's also just like such a good way to make friends. Like I remember when I first moved to Bozeman, my mom was like, well, how are you going to make new friends? I was like, I'm going to go get a membership at the gym and just go to noon ball every day until I make a bunch of friends. And then... I probably three of my best friends in the whole world. I met him at Noonball. That's how I met Atu Molden. Right hey, there, you go, my dude. Yeah, we loved having Atu on. That was fall. so much fun. He came on a couple different times, and uh, what a hilarious <laughs> guy, man! It was, oh, it was boy. always good to see him. Oh boy! Happy Wednesday, everybody. Hope you're having an outstanding week. Rajim Seabrook Hello. in studio. He's usually here on Fridays, but here now on Wednesdays. It's, it's all in flux, but we're into the. The looser part of the schedule. So ah, we can always kind of just, you know, exhale. let it roll. Uh, another tease for later on in the week, Alex Eshelman from SWX Montana Television. She usually joins us on Wednesdays, but she's going to join us uh, next week because we had a little scheduling uh, overlap. And, you know, she's got her full-time job, killing it for you, getting the stories uh, out of Bozeman. Let's dive into uh, a couple different continued conversations, a continued conversation that you and I had last week. What's up? And then also a, a conversation I had yesterday that I want your perspective on. Always. This is Nuana's Now ESPN Radio. Uh, last week, we talked all about, and this is, by the way, we're going to do this as our uh, all betting all the time. That's what we're going to call it for the summer, so it doesn't have a specific sport. But it's presented by Sports Bet Montana. So go get your futures bets in for the Masters, Masters uh, Golf Tournament next weekend. Golf, one of the most fun things to gamble on. You can like, pick... 10 different winners, and if one of them hits, you're going to make the money that you bet on the other 10 guys, too. So it's, it's a fun one to do. <laughs> also, the NBA playoffs is coming up, so go get your bets in for that. I love those future bets for all the big sporting events. But we talked about the dynamic of the Jacksonville Jaguars giving Christian Kirk the absolutely outrageous $80-plus million contract that they did and how that was then a domino effect to Devontae Adams getting traded from Green Bay and Tyree Kill getting traded from Kansas City. But we didn't actually talk about those traits. Devonta Adams, one of the best players in the league. What do you think of his fit in Las Vegas, buddy? You already you know what I said last week to this. To me, that's the 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 the. I was going to say something else, but I don't want to get fined by the FCC. <laughs> Peanut butter just meant jelly. What a lot of people don't understand is that this was all. This is the perfect fit. These uh, Mr. Carr, 
And Mr. Adams, who went to college together at Fresno State, for those who don't know, set a lot of records at the FCS level. That's right. You did mention the Fresno State. That's a really you, good You one. like that? You like that? Pulling it out of the hat, ace in the hole? Uh, there's so much chemistry between those two and the maturity in both of their games and athleticism and their physical prowess, I think they can reignite a fire. Then when I look at what they have on paper across the board offensively, that's a hard team to double-team anyone or to load a box against. They have one of the best tight ends in the league. Uh, Devontae Adams, top five, uh, if not top three receiver in the league. And, and then Carr can sling it if given the time and ample opportunity. I think this is a, this is a marriage. The loser of this... A Rod. Becky's boy. Yeah, Aaron Rodgers yeah, for he, sure. He ain't my boy. Is, is, uh, so here's the other question. Because I think Derek Carr is a sort of a litmus test of a player, but is he good? I think he's. I I think he. I think he's good too. I think physically he has all the tools. Let's talk about the dysfunction of the organization known as the Raiders. They're the Washington Football Club of of, of now the Southwest. Yeah. Uh, they're, get, they're, they're getting better though. They they have gotten better um, for all of his downfalls and all of his uh, terrible things that were leaked in the emails and stuff. John Gruden actually is a very good player personnel guy. He's a very good coach. I th- I do think they made some progress during True. his time there just from a football perspective. Absolutely. The the culture of what was there, the remnants of the old Al Davis regime. For sure. He was actually able to kind of like water that down. The 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 what I feel for Carr is they, they didn't put the pieces around him to make him better than what he is. Um he kind of reminds me of Matt Stafford. Very talented uh Puts up good numbers consistently, but just doesn't have enough pieces around him to get over the hump. Coupled with the fact that he plays in the AFC West, the toughest conference in football. Like, you're going against the best of the best of the best of the best eight times a year or six times a year. So, it's, it's, it, I like the word litmus test. He also hasn't had consistent coaching for a very for long sure. time or outside of that consistent managerial uh, progression around him from an administrative perspective. The one, of the under, one of the most undertold storylines in the NFL, too, is when you have an elite offensive line, then you sign several of those elite offensive linemen to big contracts, and then those guys get hurt. We saw it happen to the Cowboys a few years ago. We saw it happen to the Raiders. I mean, the Ra- people forget that the Raiders went 12-4 and four before the year before Jack Del Rio got fired. For real? And they had, I mean, according to all the metrics, they had one of the three best offensive lines in the league. Well, then they signed a couple of those guys to big contracts. Then they got hurt. hurt. And then that, then they were terrible. Decimated. Because you can't fill in the spots because the dude who's backing up the $60 million right tackle is going to be a rookie. He's just going to not be good. Or a journeyman. Exactly. And so then they had a bad year, and then they fired Jack Del Rio. That's the NFL in a nutshell. But I've always thought that Derek Carr is. He, I think he is the barometer. I think if you are better than Derek Carr, you are good enough to be uh, on a potential Super Bowl contending or at least conference contending team. Right. If you're not quite as good as Derek Carr, I don't think you are. No, I think Derek Carr is is, is one of the better quarterbacks in the league. Just hasn't always had the best uh, arsenal or organization put around him. Okay, and then let's talk about the other one. What do you think about... Tyreek Hill to Miami, because I actually think this is uh, really interesting. I think Miami just got exponentially better. For sure. Uh, I think Kansas City loses, and Patrick Mahomes just got worse. Right. What also Im- Who this also impacts the most, believe it or not, Travis Kelsey. For sure. 
right? So all of a sudden, when you have a Tyreek Hill, a Patrick Mahomes, and a Travis Kelsey on a team, you are not doubling down on anyone because you have to you got to pick your poison right now. For sure. And the option routes that they both run, they run each other open so much. Too. Totally. Right now, there's no one on that roster that's going to open up those pathways for either Mahomes or or Travis Kelsey. What I fear uh, for Patrick Mahomes is he goes the route of Lamar Jackson. Now he has to do more because he has less around him, which will then start mounting and leading to injuries. And uh, have, not having Tyreek Hill or Travis Kelsey in that security mode, uh, security blanket mode, we will see a different. Uh, we will see a different Chiefs team. Nuanas now ESPN Radio as well as SWX Montana Television. Colter Nuanas coming to you from the Northwest Motorsports Studio. Rajim Seabrook riding with me here on a Wednesday. Whoop, whoop. Uh, my final thought here on this NFL, and maybe we'll revisit some NFL in hour number two. But yes, please. Um, <laughs> the what have you done for me lately is so funny, and the lack of grace that we give people because of circumstances that are confirmed is also so interesting to me. The moment that Tua Tagovailoa came off the bench in the national championship game and took the world by storm was a moment in which most people that know football and watch that were like. That's the next That's dude. That's the dude. That's the next dude. Absolutely. And then he had one of the great Heisman campaigns we've seen in the last 20 years. And then he has, has this horrific, dare I say, Bo Jackson-esque injury where he rips the hip all the way out. I mean, hor- horrible. Hor- horrible. Horrible. And then the guy gets drafted by Miami, who's a dysfunctional franchise. Which is franchise. just as horrible as the injury. Dysfunctional franchise. But then they give him a good coach in Brian Flores. But then he's still in and out because he's hurt. Then they start dabbling in the Deshaun Watson drama, and all of a sudden there's just distractions galore. The guy's not quite healthy yet. I think, though, the fact that so many people have decided to sell on Tua Tagovailoa is crazy. I think that he could, if he could get healthy and have some consistency in the organization, I think he could be really, really good. What could make him better than the fastest receiver in the league? Buddy, is going to look like a star because of Tyreek Hill. Especially when you're playing the Jets twice. <laughs> like, right, right, exactly, right. You're, you play a pretty soft schedule coming up this year. For sure. Like, it's 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 a great thing. And the expectations that are not on that team will be exceeded early. Yeah. Which puts him into a different echelon. Well, the other part of the narrative with Tyreek Hill, too, is that uh, no one, anyone's talking about it. There's, everybody's talking about, man, I can't believe that the, the Chiefs broke up one of the great offensive trios of all time. People are also talking about can't afford it. That's part of it. People are also talking about, though, you know, how Tyreek's going to fit in Miami. The other thing, though, is that the Chiefs might actually look super smart in five years when this is all said and done. Because Tyreek Hill is such a great player. But is he ever going to be any better than he already Reed, has well, been? Great question. You know what I mean? Like, No, how, I feel you on that. How do you really go? I mean, he's had 1,200-plus yards three out of the last four years, uh, discluding the year he was hurt. I mean, the dude's caught 56 touchdowns his first five seasons in the NFL. It's ridiculous. But he's when you're the fastest guy in the league, you can't do anything but get slower. <laughs> do you know what I mean? Yeah. Well, the, the funny thing is his slower is still going to be faster no, than for most. Sure. For so, sure. I just don't know if you can possibly expect somebody of his size to maintain any longer than he already has. I mean, he can still have a couple good seasons, but I'm saying – this is all said and done, and the Chiefs use all those draft picks they got for him. They could be just fine. I every, When the dust settles, things will be okay. My thing with Miami and a, a personality like Tyreek Hill coming out of Kansas City, how does he handle that? 
a lot of times, like, athletes will go to new cities, and it's not the right fit. And with his... That's very interesting. His dynamic personality, and because of what he's done, Super Bowl winning... For sure. Like, and he's he's had his off-the-field stuff. I absolutely. Mean, he, he already... He went from, to a junior college. He's from Orlando, so that's, totally. a, that's automatic new distractions. Bingo. I was going to come back to that. All he's your buddies, from all there. Your, I mean, exactly, like... You're going to have 500 cousins you didn't know you had. <laughs> and 600 friends you don't even want. <laughs> exactly. And, you know, then he he had his struggles academically coming out of high school. True. Went to Oklahoma State, had his struggles there, wasn't True. able to really hack it, had to go to West Alabama. But then, you know, went and ran a, like a, a casual 4-2 at the combine. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> it, got, it got drafted. But um, it's just it's just going to be interesting. I you know I think that he's such a brand name player. He's such a fantasy football like player. Totally. And I do think he's going to help Tua Tagovailoa and the Miami Huge. offense the first couple years here. Huge. But when the whole deal is all sort of settled in, I think that Kansas City the the, the they real could, big, they could be out on the other side. The Kansas City GM wins in this one because of the what will come down. There's the immediate impact, then there's long term, and the, the what Kansas City procured. Uh, we'll see. We'll see. I don't want to talk too much. That's my son's team, and I know he's listening. So I don't want to get elbowed when I see him here a little bit after 6. No, I was now ESPN Radio as well as SWX Montana Television. We're going to talk some more. I had my five biggest NBA storylines that I did yesterday. I want Regime's take on that, but we're going to save that for a little while. But next, I was hustling back and forth to Grizz spring football practice earlier today. Yeah. Caught up with Chad Germer, the offensive line coach. We'll talk some offensive line and hear... Just a couple minutes. I mean, he's in the middle of practice, so he can only take about five minutes to chat. We'll hear from Coach Dermer as well. Keep it right here. You want us now? ESPN Radio. Sports Bet Montana is powered by the Montana Lottery. Join in on the excitement for Sports Bet Montana by betting on your favorite sports and teams, both collegially and professionally. There are multiple ways to bet, including in-game, which gets you into the action live as the game unfolds, and parlay betting, where you could have a chance to win big. Sports Bet Montana is a secure and interactive way to win while watching your favorite sports. Bets can be placed securely on the mobile app while at an authorized Sports Bet Montana location or by using the Sports Bet Montana kiosk located at approved vendors. Montana bettors have wagered more than $28 million since Sports Bet Montana launched almost a year ago, and in that time, bettors have won more than $25 million. Sports Bet Montana's retail partners have more than $1.7 million in commission. Head on down to your authorized Sports Bet Montana locations and get in on the fun today. ESPN Missoula Sports Center. A trio of standout performances highlighted the Al Manual Invitational in Missoula last weekend, getting collegiate outdoor track and field kicked off around the Treasure State. Hello, I am Coulter Nuanez. At Dornblazer Field in Missoula, Grizz sophomore javelin thrower Evan Todd popped the throw of his life. He hucked the jab 229 feet 2 inches, breaking his personal best by more than 10 feet. Kalispell native's throw ranks first in the Big Sky Conference and fifth in the NCAA West Regional. Mark would have won last year's Big Sky Outdoor Championship, and he was just three feet from Jensen Lilquist's Montana program record. Last season, Todd finished fourth in the Big Sky, qualified for the NCAA Regionals during his rookie outdoor season with the Grizz. Todd earned Big Sky Conference Men's Field Athlete of the Week on Monday for his performance. The Men's and Women's Track Athletes of the Week from the Big Sky went to a pair of Montana State standouts for their excellent afternoons at the Al Manuel in Missoula as well. Elena Carter, a junior sprinter and hurdler, ran 13.66 seconds in the 100-meter hurdles, second fastest time at MSU ever. She also ran a personal best in the 200, ran a leg on the winning 4x100 
100-meter relay team, and long jump, a personal best 19 feet, 6.25 inches. Schneider took home first place in the 200 and 400 meters, respectively, running times of 21.31 seconds and 46.63 seconds, earned the weekly Big Sky Award for the second time in his career. This 102.9 ESPN Missoula Sports Center is brought to you by Aspen Sound. What's up, Montana? Welcome back. Nuanas Now, ESPN Radio, as well as SWX Montana Television. Hope you're having an outstanding Wednesday. Thanks so much for hanging out with us. About 15 minutes from now, we'll be giving you an opportunity to win a dozen wings from Desperado Sports Tavern and Grill. The best wings in the Garden City voted on by you, the voting public. Best of Missoula for years and years in a row. Best of Missoula is rolling again. Nominate people right now. They're doing it a little bit differently. They're going to take nominations, then have an initial vote, and then a finalist vote. So, if you got some votes, I don't know. If you want to throw out some best radio station votes for the any of the Missoula Broadcasting Company stations, best radio broadcaster, best journalist, I don't know. There's a lot of people I know that maybe you want to nominate. <laughs> a little shameless plug there. But best of Missoula always one of the fun things. So, uh, keep an ear to the ground on that. Rajim Seabrook joining me, Coulter Nuwana, is here in studio. Let's talk a little Grizz football. Let's talk a little offensive line. I'm going to vote for you. Sorry to <laughs> chop you off. You know I'm voting for you. I love it. I love it. Well, good. Uh, the Those that follow along know that uh, I'm probably like borderline over the top and maybe a little bit obsessed with offensive lines and offensive line play. Part of it is just because that's the way I watch football. I was an offensive and defensive lineman. I feel you. It's the way that I sort of see the game. Most people watch the ball. I don't. My brother was a great safety, so he kind of watches it from the back end. That's why totally. he's so good at like diagnosing coverages. Most people just watch the ball and where it goes. You can always tell the tenor, the tone, and the uh, the true battle in a football game by watching the trenches, though. Mm-hmm. And it's been my, my consistent analysis of the Grizz football team. There's been so much talk about... What do the Grizz need in terms of coaching, quarterbacks, all these different things? The running back injury situation last year was such a huge storyline. But to me, the number one thing that has been missing from Grizz football over the last 10 years has been a dominant take-no-prisoners offensive line. The Grizz have not had a first-team all-conference offensive lineman since 2011. Consider that. The Grizz offensive line used to be like the first-team all-conference offensive line. Like in the heyday in the late 90s, early 2000s, you'd have three guys on the first team and two more guys on the second team. I'm going to give I'm gonna give credence to words. Growing up in New York, yeah. I would always watch, why are these guys coming from Montana That's right. That's as right. offensive linemen? Like I never, and at that point, I really had no frame of reference of Montana being from the East Coast, being a little guy. But I'm like, and then I would see these guys with no necks. That looked like walking tree trunks. And it was always then moving here, going to school here, it was always such an honor and pleasure seeing those big hog mollies go on to have good careers. The Corey Proctors, the Thatcher Soleils of the world, big thatch. Um, and now we have had, I don't, a famine for over a decade. And that was something that the Grizzlies used to hang their hat on that propelled them to the heights that we all still live in yesteryear over. This last couple years, the Grizz have been 
solid on the offensive line, so I'm not completely dogging these guys. No. They're, they haven't been horrible, but to be, it's the, it's the thing that takes you over the top. Absolutely. It's how you can beat James Madison. It's how you can beat North Dakota State. If Montana wants to just be a quarterfinal team every year that wins 10 games and competes for a conference title and hosts a playoff game, competes with their rival, that's fine. But that's not what the expectation at Montana is. No, sir. All that stuff I just said should be the baseline, and you should be striving for dominating your rival, winning multiple Big Sky Conference champions, going to the final four or farther in the playoffs, absolutely, and chasing national championships. To do that, you have to have an offense, an offensive line that is elite. So, that's all to say that Bobby Houck, since his return to Montana, has been touting heavily his tried and true philosophy. You recruit athletic, smart offensive linemen. Yep. You throw them in the weight room. You, you know, you get the guy who's two forty, and then train him both physically and mentally for several years until he's two eighty, and then let him roll. Well, now they're in that scenario because they inherited, when Bobby Houck took over, an offensive line that had a couple stalwarts that were pretty good players. Conlon Beaver was like a a three-and-a-half-year starter at left tackle. He's good. I mean, he's a two-time all-conference guy. Mm -hmm. Solid. What used to be – you used to have the four-year starter at left tackle, though, but for the Grizz, was getting drafted. Oh, absolutely. Conlon Beaver was a second-team all-league guy last year. So it's not as if he's like some sort of failure. He was a a good player. But it used to be like you're saying, like John Skinner and Colin Dow and – you know, Le- Levi Horn and guys that were like getting picked Levi in the NFL. Horn. Oh yeah, so big um, boy. Yeah, I mean those, they had some mean, mean offensive lines when I was in college for sure. You did not want to cross those guys. Heck no. They were not only huge; they were like nasty, very, not dirty. Nasty. Very, There's a difference. Very scary. Very. You yes, wanted sir. them to be friends with those guys. Absolutely. But, but uh, regardless, and then they had a uh, sort of a great story in a project of a guy that turned into a very good player in Dylan Cook, a guy who came to Montana as a walk-on yeah. quarterback, transformed himself into a. A good right tackle. All that's to say, though, now they got to put the proof in the pudding because Mm -hmm. they are going to be rolling with some young, athletic offensive tackles that they recruited early on who have no experience. They're going to have to let them roll. How ready are they? Brandon Casey is a guy that chose Montana over offers from a couple Pac-12 schools. He's very talented, but he has no experience. Uh, Colin Dries, another guy who was recruited by Arizona State, chose Montana over the Sun Devils, but he's got no experience. How do those guys acclimate to it? And then you also got probably new faces at both the guard spots as well. The only real veteran returner is A.J. Forbes, a junior center who former transfer from Nebraska. So earlier today, I caught up with Chad Germer, the man who knows all of these things, the offensive line coach for the University of Montana. We're going to probably circle back around with Coach before the end of spring ball because I didn't get to ask him some of the other detailed questions. But here's some of the basics. Just a couple minutes from before spring football practice today with longtime University of Montana offensive line coach Chad Germer. Coach's corner down here at Washington Grizzly Stadium. Montana offensive line coach Chad Germer joining us here on Nuanez now. Coach, it's been a minute. How you doing? Doing great. Thanks for having me on for a minute here. The, uh, the talk always when you talk to Coach Houck this time of year, fundamentals, fundamentals, fundamentals. You've been a guy that's coached offensive line for so long. What's evolved about it, though? Because I'm sure that there's a lot of fundamentals that are tried and true, even from back when you were a player, and I'm sure there's new ones, too. So is there anything new that you're implementing? Uh, rough top of my head, no. Uh, there's always new stuff, though. There's always, you know, you're watching film, you're watching clinic film, you're doing what you can to pick up new stuff and watching other teams play. But there's a there's definitely a 
some things that never change. There's some, uh, no matter, just new ways of saying it, probably more than anything else. But uh, the bases are all still uh, pretty much the same. It seems like that has become something that's a part of college football, just the verbiage, like how complicated it is. Do you feel like it's complicated? Is it more complicated than it used to be? I don't think so. I think there is really much more of a resource for players and coaches. Uh, There's so much stuff out there. and I know our guys uh, spend time, uh, you type in O-line drills, you type in pass blocking or you know, past sets and so like you can find a lot of stuff and, and uh, I think a lot of our guys do that and and there's new uh, little tricks but uh, nothing really earth shattering. It's just kind of evolution that continues and continues. Well, I know that uh, you always like the teaching aspect of it. It seems like you can get a lot of that done and you're going to have a pretty young group this year so what do you like about that part and uh, what is it like when you approach a spring where you do have a lot of spots open, a lot of new guys getting a lot of new reps? Not surprisingly, but one great thing is they're smart, smart kids, and the and there's a difference between being, uh, you know, they're they're all good, they all got a good football mind. They see they see angles, they they understand the concepts, and like I I always tell them, there's way too much stuff to memorize. You got to kind of know it, and the more of a junkie of a, just the technique and the aspect of playing offensive line you become, the way easier it is to pick everything up, and it really becomes almost simplistic to a certain degree as far as uh, structure if you really really get into it and a lot of these guys are their way they're you know old linemen they're into the all the stuff that comes along with it gotta love it Chad Gerber joining us here on Nuanas Now ESPN Radio he's Montana's offensive line coach the tackle spots are the ones that a lot of people are looking at right now because he had a basically almost four-year starter in Colin Beaver a two-year starter in Dylan Cook a lot of experience there so this time of year, how important is it for young guys like Brandon Casey and some of the other guys that are fighting for spots at that tackle position? Yeah, it's it's, it's super important, and not just to find two starters, but to find depth there as well. So, you know, we've got a lot of guys in the mix, and Brandon's done a great job. Uh, Colin Dries has done a great job. Uh, Dylan Botner, we've got a couple guys that maybe aren't uh, true tackles playing that and working in a little bit just to be a, as a reserve. But uh, like I said, uh, both those guys, you know, uh, Colin and uh, Brandon are super athletic and they're smart. They get it. It's important to them. And uh, it's really been a joy to coach them. That position, too, it's so fascinating because a lot of times I know this has been sort of your philosophy, Bobby's philosophy for a long time. You get the guys that are athletic and then try to develop them with the strength and, and the power and stuff like that. But is there a place where you, you, you hope it starts clicking? I mean, how, how many reps, how many games, how many practices does it take for guys like that to kind of start turning the corner? These guys are a little different. Yeah. Fortunately, both these guys, it's pretty quick. Yeah. Now, they still got a lot of work to do, but as far as uh, seeing the big picture and understanding why, like I said, again, why they're asked to do something, understanding why that's the case, they're both uh, pretty sharp in that area, so they've both been uh, pretty quick learners. And you lose some veteran guys on the inside, too, at the guard position, but that was was sort of a position that rotated quite a bit. So what do you like about the fact that you guys could rotate at the inside spots last year? And who, so, who are some of the main candidates to sort of fill in with the guard spots? Uh, Liam Brown, he'll, uh, his guys jump way up. Uh, uh, he looks great, by the yeah, way. No, he's a good, great-looking kid. Uh, Keela Lincoln, Daniel Keela Lincoln's yep. another guy that's got great feet and uh, expect him to be a uh, really good player. Kevin Kevin Goods, another guy that's got uh, body to him that is uh, definitely uh, got the the build to be a, a really good player for us. So we got a few guys that are they're young and not many people know their names, but I really like how uh, how athletic and how important it is to them. I like guys that love to play, and these guys all really enjoy 
all this stuff. So they're a good group. They're probably doing their drills without me right there. So that tells you something. You got to love it. The offensive line is absolutely doing the drills. So we got to let Coach go. But we'll do one last thing for you then. We always talk about this. The individuals are only a part of it. It's about the sum of the parts, right? The offensive line has to be one unit. So what's the biggest challenge to reach that or I guess at least build on that during this spring period? Like you said, they understand that. Now we got to get them to do it all the time. And, but they do understand how just things like spacing and and uh, how you, you know, you're you not a one-man show out there. And you got to understand how the game works and, and uh, understand how important your part is, not just to yourself, but to the guy on your left and right. So they, they've got a pretty good knack for that they really do and uh so they've been like i said they've been fun to work with so far they got a long ways to go but overall I'm, you know i like like i said i like guys that love to play and they they really enjoy it and uh i really had a, a good time coaching them this spring chad german montana offensive line coach get back to work coach appreciate you being here oh thank you appreciate you and the scene of the practice was while coach german was doing the interview with me his offensive line really was. They 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 started doing their own drills. They, they don't even need Coach Trimmer. So you, you know you have a well-trained unit when that's the case. I'm going to keep my eye on this because I, I think of all of the different storylines for the Grizz coming out of last year, which was a great year for the Grizz, but also with some uh, pretty stark but also pretty defined missing pieces, I think that's actually a great place to be as a program when you when you know like you know you have a couple weaknesses but you know exactly what they are right. That is the be- that's the best foundation to build a platform of success on and off of. For Absolutely, sure. we have these holes, plug them. We got a deficit, let's try to fill it in. It's when you have almost too much at too many positions where it gets yeah. kind of ambiguous. So, healthy problems. Just from the brief uh, uh, observations I've had of the Grizz so far, I've been down there to practice three times. Their defense looks great. The quarterback competition is going to be entertaining at the least, if not fierce at the best. And I, I, But I really think that's why I started this sort of interview series with Coach Germer because I think that the key to Montana taking the proverbial next step is going to lie in the trenches. We'll talk some more football in hour number two. But we're going to get out right now because we want to give you some wings, the Desperado Sports Tavern and Grill. We're also going to have a little elongated history lesson. Keep going through my favorite new old book. Keep it right here. Nuana's Now, ESPN Radio. The advocates can help you if you've been injured in an automobile, motorcycle, pedestrian, or even a dog bite accident. For additional information on other types of cases that the advocates handle, you can always visit MontanaAdvocates.com. You can chat with an experienced attorney with no upfront out-of-pocket expense. Visit online or call 406-640-4444 today, or you can visit MontanaAdvocates.com. And remember, you deserve an advocate. It's new on is now on 102.9 ESPN Missoula. Watch the show statewide on SWX Montana Television. A little modest mouse for you here on your Wednesday. Hope you're having a fantastic week so far. Spring is here. Feels good for spring to be here as well. Amazing. Thanks so much for hanging out with us. 
Time now for Wing It Wednesday. Every Wednesday, we give you, we have a whole bunch of different ways of doing this, and it sort of evolves throughout the calendar year. But always Wednesday, usually about quarter till the top of the 5 o'clock hour, we have the opportunity to give you a dozen wings to the Desperado Sports Tavern and Grill, voted on by you, the Missoula public, as the best wings in the city of Missoula. So let's do it right now. Text us. Let's go texter number 3-888-1029. That's 888-1029. Texter number 3, you will be the proud winner of a dozen wings from the Desperado Sports Tavern and Grill. Despo, an awesome place to watch all the sports and uh, eat all of the good foods and drink all of the good beers. And, you know, if if you don't drink beer, maybe you have soda pop, whatever. NHL playoffs is coming up as well. And, uh, that is a great spot to watch hockey, I promise. You're going to find some hockey diehards. You're going to see a lot of jerseys down there. It's going to be a fun time. So text us right now, 406-888-1029. We've been doing some history lessons for those following along. For those watching on SWX Montana Television, got this awesome book, 100 Greatest Sports Heroes. It's by Mac Davis. It's a sort of a compilation of all of the sports writers of the time and who they thought were some of the best athletes at this moment. The kicker here is this was published... In 1954, so it's very fun to sort of remember some of the the old school athletes. I think it's so fun how many of the guys I do remember, and then how many of the people I've never heard of as well. It's a, it's a uh, it, it's interesting to see the way that history carries on and evolves itself. We are now on page 54, and we are on to the chapter about Ben Hogan. Ben Hogan, you might not remember anything about him, but chances are if you play golf, you know the name, only because Ben Hogan has become sort of a brand name. There's Ben Hogan clubs, and there's Ben Hogan shirts. and all. We have a Ben Hogan drive here in Missoula. I think we do. That's exactly right. And so, you know, maybe if he wasn't part of your lexicon because of knowing who he was, you've probably still heard the name. But Ben Hogan was certainly uh, one of the... uh, Great golfers of all time. In 1953, at the age of 41, he won the U.S. Open, the British Open, and the Masters at Augusta, and he was the first man to ever do that. And we always talk about the career Grand Slam, and then there's always the the notion of the Tiger Grand Slam, and that's where you, you win all of the majors in the same year. Tiger won all four majors in succession, but it was not in one calendar golf season. But it's been elusive for a really long time. I believe Walter Hagen, the last guy to actually win the traditional Grand Slam. But Ben Hogan, the first guy to ever win the U.S. Open, the British Open, and the Masters in the same year. So pretty interesting. Pretty fun to remember him. We're going to do a couple of these today because I just think it's fun, and we also have a little time to breathe here. The, the next guy, though, is one I had never heard of ever, is uh, Willie Hop. He was the boy wonder. And uh, from gleaning and skimming, I believe he it was a champion pool player <laughs> this is the Rajiv Zirik in studio with me by the way hey. this is the uh this is the illustration here so I'm just I'm just gaining that this is a pool player I don't really know I don't really think that there's uh any uh more to say about old Willie Hop so native New Yorker buddy <laughs> do, do you know that okay that's mm-hmm. cool look at you you're a you're a, a uh you are a history buff at its finest well the thing about New York is like regardless of the sport when you are the, some of the best of the best, like 
they just kind of transcends that my grandfather, my pop pop, was a big uh, mm. snooker guy, um, which is billiards as opposed to playing pool. And uh, there, in some of the billiard halls, when he would play snooker, this his that guy's name was in picture was always around the the pool halls because he was a he was. I think from like Hudson, New York, a little like south upstate, just north of the city. Unbelievable. So this is the last two paragraphs of this chapter on Billy Hop. And this chapter is actually way longer than most of the chapters. So he was obviously very revered during this time. But it says, in 46 years of first-line competition, Hop won and held world titles in billiards 51 times. No champion in any sport so monopolized the top spot in his game. Under the terrific tension of tournament play, his eyes stayed as keen, his hand is steady, his competitive spirit is firm as when he first stepped into big-time play as a boy at the age of 18. Pretty cool. And then it goes on to say, it has been estimated that Hop, over the years, over his 46-year professional career, spent more than 100,000 hours at the billiards table and had walked, I guess this guy walked around to the tournaments, had walked 26,000 miles in pursuit of one championship or another. When he retired, Hop could look back 59 years to the day to his father's barbershop when he first held a cue in his hands. From that far beginning to the day, he gave up competitive billiards. William Hop, one-time boy wonder of the billiards world, had been the perennial master of all in the sport, the most durable champion in any sport of any time. Amazing. Great sports writing there. And uh, very educational. I never had known about William Hop, so very cool. Let's do one more before we get into our ESPN roundtable because Jason Brown, the head coach of the Grizz tennis team, as well as Gustav Thielgard, he's going to say his last name for us more uh, uh, eloquently. eloquently. Uh, I, I was talking to Eric Tabor down at, at uh, Montana Sports Information Director down at Grizz Practice, and he was like, here's how you say it. But he's like, just just have him say it for you because he'll give you the the Viking version, as, as Tabor uh-huh. said, because Gustav is from uh, – Denmark, so th- this will be fun. Coulter, can I just share something? My brother, who's in New York yeah, listening yeah, yeah, to yeah. this broadcast, goes, it. he goes, hey, dumb explicative, remind your boy Coulter that the last name was, it's actually pronounced Hoppy. Hoppy, oh, there you yeah, go. Yeah, and he goes, I, I love just, it. just a little, I love it. 3,000 miles away I broadcasting. Was, I, I, was, I was delineating between Hop, Hope, and Hoppy. I went with the first, but I'm glad. It's Hoppy. Yeah. Willie Hoppy, the boy wonder. Listeners in Brooklyn, New York gotta right now, it. buddy. I like, gotta love it. All right, one last history lesson for you here. Desperado Tavern presenting Wing It Wednesday here, having a little fun on your Wednesday. Rogers Hornsby, this is definitely one that I knew extensively about when I was a kid because I was obsessed with the history of baseball. <laughs> and Rogers Hornsby is famed as one of the great hitting second basemen of all time. Over 24 seasons, he led the National League in batting seven times, seven batting titles, including six in a row, and he has the distinction of being the only Major League Baseball player ever to hit 400 or better in a season three different times, including when he hit 424 in 1924, which is still, to this day, 98 years later, the highest batting average ever by an individual in a single season. 424, that's amazing. That's ridiculous, Isn't especially that ridiculous? like how we praise guys who hit 300. Oh, if you hit 325, you're killing it. You're killing so to it. To hit 25 points over, over 400 is amazing. So that's almost 50%, which is like, oh my, that's amazing. Like considering the time, that's impressive and scary. 358, his total 
uh, career batting average. So uh, amazing. Uh, Rogers Hornsby, one of the great second basemen of all time during the uh, teens, 20s, and uh, into the early 1930s. A tease for later on, our next history lesson, I, our next three are actually very fun as well, but the next one's going to be Don Hudson, and that's a, he's a fascinating Ooh, character. that's a good one. Fascinating character in, in football history. Definitely one of the, the how do you say, the the pioneers of, of the uh, the deep threat. I mean, he was like the first deep threat in NFL Trailblazer. history. Trailblazer. Right? Yeah. Uh, one of the guys that really brought the forward pass into the uh, the game of football and modernized game. football a lot. Yeah. Hour one of the books, hour two coming at you. How about some Grizz tennis? Jason Brown, Gustav Thielgard, part of our ESPN Roundtable. Back right after this. Keep it right here. New is now, ESPN Radio. Sportsbet Montana is powered by the Montana Lottery. Join in on the excitement for Sportsbet Montana by betting on your favorite sports and teams, both collegially and professionally. There are multiple ways to bet, including in-game, which gets you into the action live as the game unfolds, and parlay betting, where you could have a chance to win big. Sportsbet Montana is a secure and interactive way to win while watching your favorite sports. Bets can be placed securely on the mobile app while at an authorized Sportsbet Montana location or by using the Sportsbet Montana kiosk located at approved vendors. Montana bettors have wagered more than $28 million since Sportsbet Montana launched almost a year ago. And in that time, bettors have won more than $25 million. Sportsbet Montana's retail partners have more than $1.7 million in commission. Head on down to your authorized Sportsbet Montana locations and get in on the fun today. Get commencement ready at the Montana State Bookstore, your best place for blue and gold on game day or any other day. Their grad fair sale is going on right now if you visit msubookstore.org. Free regalia? When you purchase a diploma frame at the MSU Bookstore, you can obviously visit the MSU Bookstore on the Montana State campus. The Montana State Bookstore, your best place for blue and gold on game day or any other day. Visit on campus or at msubookstore.org. 